for how many turns? Just one right away. 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 Just one right away. Just one right away. Steve, have you ever taken one small step? Um, yes, and then I've fallen over on my face after. So it wasn't really a giant leap for mankind after you did it? No, 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 no. It was more of a, a drunken trip. Yeah, <laughs> same here. Though I remember playing one small step for man as a kid. Uh, and of course, today we're talking about uh, Madman episode, season seven, episode seven, uh, Waterloo, which is a good title as well. Um, and it's name checked. Uh, somewhat tangentially yep. <laughs> in, in, in the course of the episode. Uh, and this one, of course, centers around, it's it's the end of the, uh, some people call it season 7A. Yeah. So it's, it's the end of that. Uh, and so this has a real finale feeling and it kind of was because this was originally aired on May 25th, 2014. And it was the last episode of season 7A. Yeah. It feels like a finale and it felt like it one- does. It felt like one when you watched it because you thought, oh, it won't be an, for another year until I see the rest of season seven. Uh, so uh, it, it really has that, excuse me, uh, finale feel. Um, this is literally one of my favorites in the whole series, but that's partly because of, um, I mean, it does it, partly it's because it does it so well, uh, but also because um, Neil Armstrong steps on the moon and you yep. can do almost anything for me. And if Neil Armstrong's on the moon, I'm like, yeah, I'll watch that. Yep. <laughs> Cause I'm a space race nut. Cause I'm just the right age for those guys to have been my heroes. when I was like, yeah. yeah. Now, do you remember this, the guy landing on the moon at all? Or uh, no, I was too- not that one, but I mean, other missions. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, I remember sort of other, other space things and obviously yeah. the challenger explosion and stuff sure. like that. Apollo yeah, Soyuz, you know, yeah, yeah. Skylab and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, that's the, the backdrop to this episode. And also we get Robert Morse doing Robert Morse things at the end. Yes. <laughs> it's just like, it's such a surprise and so wonderful. Uh, it's really great. Um, we open with Bert yelling at his maid because <laughs> that's yes. what Bert would do. And I, I'm going to put a, I'm going to put down a lot of money saying this is not a, a white woman that he's yelling at. <laughs> I would think not. Yeah. Uh, and because uh, he's watching the launch of Apollo 11. Uh, and there's a couple of things there. First of all, I love that the vacuum goes on and it screws up the TV because yeah. <laughs> it doesn't it happen do anymore. Yeah. No, it used to do that. And because it's all digital now, it doesn't do that, but it used to, it would mess with the uh, signal yeah. reception. And, yeah. And, and then you, you, you'd also have to get the, like the rabbit ears and you have to adjust it to figure out which, which, which position it is. And sometimes I remember you even have to put like tinfoil on or holding it. Yeah. I remember the, the UHF, those circular antennas. Yeah. And there was a channel in Toronto, Channel 79, which is now, I think, 57, Toronto, uh, City TV. And it was hard to get. And I remember my dad, I literally remember my dad saying, David, hold on to that. Now yeah. put your arm out. Okay, stand yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why he was, I think it was more just to see if he could do it. Yeah. But it was pretty great. And also, I, I assume, I see in our doc here that you noticed who painted Bert's painting on his yes. wall. Jackson yeah. Pollock. Jackson Pollock. It's, it's a nice touch because it's, it's subtle, right? Yeah. I mean, if you know Pollock at all, you look at that and go, that's, that's a fake Jackson Pollock. Oh, look, yep. there's even a signature in the bottom right corner. Yeah. I like his work too, Pollock. Yeah, um, I, I like Pollock. There's that apocryphal story when someone came to look at some of his work and he said, uh, they said, you just, this is all just random. You're just splashing paint everywhere. Yeah. And he looked at the guy, he took a paintbrush out, 
with paint. He threw it about 30 feet across his studio, hit the yeah. doorknob and said, get out. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, it's not random, buddy. I yeah. know exactly no. what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big, big Pollock fan. Um, and then we cut to Ted flying with the sun-kissed guys. Um, yep. And uh, Ted says at this point, the astronauts might come home and all their problems would be over. <laughs> Ted's getting that existential angst thing. He is. He very much is. Uh, you know, you, you got a question where Ted's where Ted's head is right now. Yeah. I mean, it's life has no meaning. And I long for the le- release that death would bring is basically yeah. Ted right yeah, now. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, which is not what you want to hear when somebody's flying the plane. No, no, I don't want to hear <laughs> things like that. Um, uh, and then, you know, we, we see that and he's basically he cuts the engine and all that stuff. And then yeah. of course there's repercussions. They, the sun kiss guys are a little bit disturbed by this. Um, yes. uh, and they're talking and, you know, Ted says to, um, why do I always forget Harry Hamlin's character's name? Jim. Jim. <laughs> he says, you flew, you know what that's like. And he says <laughs> over Dresden, Ted, I wanted to live, <laughs> which is kind of cool because that tells us that Ted or sorry, that um, Jim was one of the, uh, I don't know if he was a pilot or if he was a gunner, we don't know, bombardier, but he was involved in the firebombing of Dresden in March yes. of 1945, which was a terrible thing. It was not good. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to go so far as saying war crime, but it's it's certainly on the cusp yeah, if it, it isn't one. Yeah, it was It was definitely, a, if not, it was certainly a terrible thing. It was a bad thing generally. Yeah, yeah let's we can go with that. And, and And of course, Jim is right. It's like, you know, Ted, it's all about context. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's basically what he's saying right it's like yeah that's fine but yeah no one there weren't any nazis firing flak at you were there Ted? no exactly <laughs> and this mission wasn't a mission given to you by you know the supreme headquarters allied expeditionary force yep. was it ted no not exactly um but uh, and then uh uh we have a, there's a little argument there with pete and all this stuff and then uh yeah. commander cigarettes turns out is dead lou lets jim know and um and Jim just says, we don't owe you anything. You're a yeah, hired hand. Get back to work. Hand. And as much as I hate that, I hate Lou so much that it doesn't bother me. Yeah. Well, because because he is. I mean, that's that's how they see him. You know, that's right. He's not a partner, right? He's there. He's, he's a, a partner. Hand, right? right. He and, and Lou thinks that he has a little bit of clout because they 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 replaced him with Don. Re- re- yeah, exactly. And like right. I replaced Don Draper and then yeah, you're replacing like, me with Don Draper. That's not yeah, right. And it's, and, and it's like it's like, no, no, no. They didn't bring you in to replace Don. They wanted to get rid of Don and they needed somebody. Exactly. So they didn't bring you in because you were better. They brought you in because they needed somebody to do you it. You were adequate. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. You're, you're a stopgap, right? Um, and then we get uh, cut over to the Francis's house uh, yep. and they have guests. Looks yep. like it's an old friend of Betty's from college. I imagine she also speaks Italian, I guess, yep. because they're probably both anthropology yep. majors. Yeah. Um, there's a playmate for Bobby. It looks like, uh, though the kid's older than Bobby. Yeah, yeah, I've been in that situation where you're oh, you're, you're, you're you're not quite old enough to be like with the adults, but you're too old to be with the little kids, and it's like, oh. do I have to go with the kids? Yeah. See, my folks were always like, no, just the, the kids. It's fine. Just let them do whatever they want. And yeah. I would often want to sit in with the adults, and but I didn't always have a lot to contribute. But I always found their no. discussions more interesting. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, and. Uh, Gee, I remember that and she's 75. We were in Montreal or 76 and we were just all talking, my grandparents and my mom and dad. And I was just in the living room go- going to sleep on the couch. Everybody was talking. And this is, of course, 76 in Quebec. And I said, you know, the thing is, we really need a new constitution. Everybody looks at me and goes, God, Dave, it's weird. <laughs> you know, what a weird kid. Um, 
and uh, Sally is clearly smitten with the older boy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I, you, you recognized who people were. Who was that? Somebody from Kelly North Martin. Arizona? Kelly yeah. Martin. Who she was on Life Goes On and then she was on the ER. Life Goes On was a good show. It was. It was, it was. a nice, pleasant, you know. Yeah. Not a whole I didn't see I didn't see a lot of it. I've only Not seen that. a few episodes, but, you know. Yeah. Ooh, blah, uh, and then we get there's a meeting and Harry's talking about his divorce because and he says yeah. that now that it turns out that he might be a partner or he thinks he's going to be a partner his wife now is holding off on the divorce to get more money which of may course. be true by the way um, but also good for her yeah because my view of this <laughs> Harry's a scumbag apparently somebody somebody yeah. must have been talking to his wife about his uh, extramarital or maybe he, she just found that um, Harry probably found uh, not only prostitutes that would take uh, traveler's checks, but they also probably issued receipts that he, yeah. <laughs> that he had in his pocket. Yeah. Uh, I love Don's advice. Just don't negotiate. Take the deal. Yeah. <laughs> Which is actually probably pretty. I mean, I've never been divorced, but I think if that, ha- I would just, yeah, well, whatever, let's just get this done. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just get it. Cause it'll drag on as we've seen in some, some famous examples it just kind of drags on and it's like it ends up being worse so it's like just cut give her the money let her go um and we see the campaign that peggy's going to pitch and it's really good it's like this is good this is good it isn't perfect but it's good you know and it's i think she's sort of leaned into the if it's not perfect don't worry about it it's really good let's just do it uh and she becomes don draper whenever she wants now which is she does not surprising i guess um uh and peggy gets home and there's somewhat attractive guy putting up uh, a a sad drop ceiling in an old building (laughs) yeah (laughs) the nice thing about those that you can rip them out so yeah yeah and put in something better so once once that got uh, once that part of new york got more gentrified i'm sure she yeah it's it's kind of one of those weird things that happened in you know i guess this Mm -hmm. is not the 70s but in in the 70s where pretty close yeah they 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 add these kind of weird things that they think are cool but are really just shitty yeah like shag carpet wood wood paneling yeah and and we had we had this wallpaper that um uh how to explain it it was kind of velvety but it was red velvety (laughs) with these kind of weird floral patterns and it was ugly as hell sounds like did you know my friend donnie larusso because he his parents had that that wallpaper that actually we used to touch it when we went to his house it's like your your, your wall has texture yep yep in our kitchen we had zebrick yeah. But of course, you know, um, um, you know, to, 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 to slightly um, slag off my mother for a bit, uh, her sure. taste wasn't particularly that good. Um, there, there's, a, time. there's a picture of me and my only defense is that I didn't buy my own clothes, but there's <laughs> a picture of me um, in which my pants match the sofa. It's the greatest on. thing I've ever heard in my life. You know, it's, I love it. It, it's not exact, but it's very, very close. And it's like, and everybody, when everybody sees that that photo, because uh, apparently we still have it, uh, my sister has it now, I think, because it's a picture of the two of us when we were kids. Yeah. Um, and it everybody looks like looks you have those, no legs. Yeah, exactly. Everybody looks at those pants and go, "What were you thinking?" It's like my mother bought my clothes. Thinking. I wasn't. I was five. And and my my mother said it was the 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 fashion at the time. Exactly, and it probably was, and I'm it sure it looked was. very cute. Mm. Um. But yeah, and then you know Julio's there, the kid from up, upstairs, yep. and uh, schoolyard. Yep, he's again, you know, it's against the law. Well, he's um, got to go to school at some point, so exactly. Julio must be in the schoolyard. In the schoolyard with somebody else, so <laughs> yeah. someone could literally say me and Julio down by the schoolyard. Yeah. And um, Peggy seems 
when the guy gives her the phone number, I think he's just giving the phone number to, yeah. like he said, odd jobs. And Peggy was like, Ooh, sexy Ooh, guy wants my phone number. <laughs> this, this is how porn, porn movies start. Down, exactly. Down. A, down, chicka, wow, wow. Se- sexy guy fixing stuff. I'm woman. Come home. Yeah. Yep. Perfect. Uh, so Peggy's longing for something here. Not only that, I think there's a thing about family here too. Yeah. There's a kid there. That's the whole deal. Right. But it's like, she's got a fake family. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Now, okay, at Betty's house, they put out, she puts out this tray for breakfast and it's like 300 fried eggs. There are a lot of eggs. Now, I like eggs. Yeah, I don't. So it's partially but, that. But but, but those, those eggs didn't look very appetizing. No. And they were all overcooked at the edges anyway. Um, yeah, yeah. Ex- I can well, cook exactly. an egg. I just don't like yeah. eating them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I love eggs, but they didn't. I, I'm not sure I'd want to eat one of those. Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe, friend, it yeah. Ju- maybe it was just the uh, prop. That it didn't just they just don't look real, or maybe that right. was the I, I I don't know. Like was it done on purpose to make them look kind of unappetizing? I, I, I think no probably. I think probably it was done on purpose. But I've never seen eggs laid out on a platter like that either. So like fried eggs, I just haven't seen that. Uh, no, not not quite like that. Like I've yeah. seen like in you know, like a buffet where where they're in sure. a, like a a thing and they're piled on top of each other. But yeah, I haven't really seen it like that. And, uh, you know, her friend asks about Don and I like Don's or Peggy's or Peggy Betty's uh, reply, which is I think of him as somebody that a dumb young anthropology student dated for a while. Yeah, <laughs> which is good for her. I think that's, that's, a, that, that's a good line. I don't think she actually thinks that, but no, I think she says she thinks that and it helps her. Uh, and then I don't know if you noticed this, but Betty checked out the older boy. Oh, yeah. Comes yeah. Down without, his, without his shirt on. <laughs> yeah. Betty's going going full cougar here. It's kind of gross. Yeah, it is. I, yeah. It's like uh-huh. it's kind of gross um but yeah i guess that i mean i i saw it and i guess you saw it so that's fine yeah uh, so it's probably happened uh sally's a lifeguard i didn't know yeah. that she's got a summer job and she's wearing makeup to impress the older boy of course because you often go swimming in makeup as one does right yeah i know and I, she told, I love how she's totally internalized the betty thing she has an excuse for not eating yeah i guess a false excuse a false excuse because that's the stomach like, full stomach swimming things bullshit right yeah Oh, but, she says an hour. I always heard it as half an hour. Well, there's all kinds of, you just have to, right. you have to talk to mums at the right time of, yeah. of history and they'll yeah. tell you exact amount of timing. Uh, I mean, the know. truth is you can, you can, you can swim right after you eat all yeah. you want. Yeah, of course I you mean, can. You know, I mean, there's no, there's no biological or, or no. reason why you should. There's you none. Can't. There's none because a lot of animals would all be dead. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, you may not want to just because you're feeling bloated and full, but yeah. you know, that's a different thing. <laughs> Then you know, Mathis and Stan in the background talking about what are they going to do on the moon? Mathis, yeah. one of the, th- the interesting things is your Mathis says something really stupid, which is they'll throw yeah. down an anchor, which is not how it yeah. works. That tells me, though, that Mathis has been working so much that he hasn't even been watching Walter Cronkite on the news. Yeah. yeah. Because Cronkite was the space junkie who explained every mission to you yeah. perfectly. So yeah. Mathis is like, I don't know, they throw down an anchor. Throw down an anchor. <laughs> and what actually, if it's quick, yeah. quicksand. Yeah, what if it's quicksand? Yeah, it's not going to be quicksand. No, it's cheese. We all know the moon's made of, <laughs> of cheese. Come is. on. Come on, Mathis. Uh, and, you know, there's actually, uh, the thing is designed such that the struts collapse. Because if yeah. the struts didn't collapse, they could get up the ladder to get back up, but yeah. it would take a jump. Yeah. So it's actually designed to do that. And when a long sensor, a wire, basically, that was about a couple of meters long, stuck out from one of the um, pads, 
the uh, when it would hit the ground, hit the uh, ground to the moon, yeah. uh, they would get a thing. And you would always hear this whenever you listen to old Apollo missions. They always go contact light, and that means they've hit the moon. I just got yeah. goosebumps saying that. Um, I'm, I love this stuff so much. Uh, and then it would hit the ground, and they knew it wasn't going to be. <laughs> no, throw they, down an anchor like yeah. there's no gravity. There is gravity yeah. on the moon, Mathis. Yeah, it's not the same. But it's just, there is, it, it's just very. There's it, less of not it. as strong. Yeah, that's there's ten percent. I think if it's probably less than ten percent. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, so I, I just uh, and it's a very complicated set of the fact that they did this with 1960s engineering. Oh, I know. Boggles my mind. I know. <clears throat> I mean, th- only, think of it this way: we have problems doing it now with our well, with our technology. Well, take a look at you know the last Artemis attempted launches; they've all been scrubbed. Now they were mm-hmm. scrubbed where I think Apollo, not after Apollo, you know, not after Apollo one, they were still careful, but there were things on almost every mission where they went, yeah, whatever. Yeah, we're <laughs> gonna go fine. anyway. It's yeah. fine. Everything's fine. It'll be fine. It'll be all right on the night, as they say in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now we'll fix it in post. Uh, so yeah, yeah, this is. I mean, it's it's funny that you know we see this now, and like you said, it's it's difficult now. Um, and I'm just really psyched for Artemis. And I know that the first one's going to just be a flyby yeah. around the moon, but I'm still pretty pumped for it. Um, and then, oh, Meredith brings Dawn his breach of contract Ooh. letter. Ooh. And Dawn's pissed off. Meredith doesn't really, I really think she doesn't know what breach of contract means. I, no, I don't I'm think I'm a so. big fan of Meredith and I don't think Meredith yep. is as stupid as Meredith plays herself, but... No. And I know I said Meredith plays herself. I think the character is actually smarter than the character lets yeah. on yeah but she doesn't know what breach of contract is and she looks at him you're so confused <laughs> i will be your strength and she grabs him by the chin the way dawn might grab a woman <laughs> she like and he's like no we can't do this and she's like no not here he goes, no not ever <laughs> dawn as a rule didn't sleep with secretaries unless they were named megan or allison yep uh, and he's trying to become a better person now so <clears throat> excuse me he's not going to do that right uh, but I, it's really quite funny. Um, and of course, you get to see Stephanie Drake do great things. Do great things. She's so good. And I just love that what, what she does here. Um, and Don is so, he's, you know, literally nonplussed, which you don't yep. know what to say. People, by the way, people, nonplussed means you don't know what to say. Right. Yep. Uh, doesn't mean you're pissed off. A lot of people nope. seem to think it means that. It means that, yeah. you don't know what to say. Yeah. Oh. So the look in his face is kind of priceless there. It almost makes me think that, I mean, I know it wasn't because it's too long, the interaction, but it, it almost felt like the two of them were almost improvising or something because yeah. the look in his face is like, what? okay, this is weird. <laughs> I, I did like that. Um, uh, and then, of course, Jim says, Don has a habit, habit of walking into meetings unannounced. <laughs> and then he does say to, because when Don goes and confronts Jim and there's another yeah. guy in the office and he's him to get out he says you're just a bully and a drunk that's true but he's not true. just that no <laughs> he's other things as well but he is a bully and a drunk because he also also says you're just a football player in a suit which yeah. is not right no that's like, not true i mean don is good at what he's at good at what he does, does. yeah yes you know? um uh roger doesn't like this because roger's roger's the closest thing don has to a work friend you know yeah. like uh now joan comes out and says what's going on but she actually knows what's going on yeah very um politic yeah it's weird right? joan jo- joan is not a very good person in in this episode. No, no she really isn't and i'm you know the growth in that character has been 
stark from like the first couple yes. of seasons where she's just just the, you know, at one point a flaming racist for example yeah. uh and now she's like i don't know and then she got okay this this was actually pretty nasty i yeah. i didn't like it i understand the idea that he's quote cost her a lot of money but it's not yeah. like she's hurting yeah well, i mean that's the thing is that is the character has just become this kind of greedy money grubbing person yeah you know and he's cost her money and that's you know that's you know what you understand a million dollars is a lot right it's a lot of money and today Um, that's like 10 million dollars or eight million dollars but the other thing is she's kind of internalized burt cooper yeah right in a lot of respects and i think it's interesting because as i said in 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 our notes Mm -hmm. I, i think it also shows how dawn has changed yep because, you know, he goes from, you know, somebody with Peggy, that's what the money's for and throwing money <laughs> at her. Right. I, I was half expecting him to say something right. about how she got her partnership. It's funny. He I, think doesn't. That's, I think that's a line he won't cross, which is and he really doesn't. weird because he right. Don has this in weird set of ethics. Yeah. About business, he really does have ethics. It's really kind yeah. of wild because he has yeah. very few in his personal life yeah. at times. But business, he's like, he was always like, we stick with Mohawk airlines. We stick yep. with um, baked beans, all these kind of things. So, you know, he's got business ethics. Just- yeah, Cause almost like she's trying to take the moral high ground. Yeah. I mean, she's not, cause it, no, it's, she's all not. About, <laughs> yeah. it's all about greed, but that's, that's the way that she's sort of yep. framing it. Mm-hmm. Where, whereas, you know, he could, he could have just pointed out that, 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 you know, that how she got her. Yeah. Got her partnership. Yeah, that would have been nasty, and I wouldn't have been surprised have been. if he did it. No. But then, when you think about his weird business ethics, I guess it kind of makes some sense. Yeah. Um, and he was the only one who tried to stop it. To stop it. That's the other thing. It's like right. I was the good guy. Yeah. You know. Um, of course, one could then argue you're not always the good guy. You're often the bad guy. <laughs> yes, that's <laughs> so true. Could have led to something interesting. Um, then, of course, Julio drops by Peggy's place, and Peggy asks Julio for fashion advice, which is yes. <laughs> Perhaps you're, not the best thing. To you ever get asked for fashion advice by your wife? And you go, I don't know. I think they all no, wait. No, my wife is smart enough not to ask me for fashion advice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah basically, Isabel buys my clothes. So yeah. Um, yeah. With, except most of the t-shirts I choose, but a lot of other things. That's, yeah, that's all yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I often get the eat from Karen. You're going to wear that with that, <laughs> are you? <laughs> yeah, you're going to wear that to work? Uh-huh. Are you sure? <laughs> my dad saying once when i first got my job what does your boss think of the clothes you wear and i said i don't think i don't know who my boss is dad yeah <laughs> so i don't really think anybody cares um and julio's moving uh which is yeah. sad for peggy but yeah. it's actually good for julio i like when he says we're moving to newark and i don't want to go to newark and peggy says no one wants to go to newark yeah. <laughs> which is a good line um it clearly hurts peggy because she cares about this kid yeah. as a fantasy son yes she says, I'll visit you all the time. And he says, no, you won't. And he's right. Like, there's no yeah, way she's ever going to see him. Again. No. <laughs> you, know, you know, maybe flash forward 15 years and he, she hires him at her, her, her ad agency. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, uh, uh, but it's, it's, it's a, it's a sweet moment because yep. you see that and it's, it's quite nice. And he doesn't want to leave too, right? Like, she, oh no, know, he doesn't. He likes it. Well, you know, I, as a kid, I never liked moving. No. Uh, even if it was almost always to a better place my dad well, as an adult i don't like moving i don't oh god it's the worst thing in the world it's about i just want to be become magic so i can just make things disappear in one place and reappear in another star trek man yeah, uh exactly. i 
when, you know, about, about maybe 12 years ago, we were thinking maybe we should just buy a bigger house. We could afford it. And, you know, we still have three of us or four of us here. Then it was like, well, Maddie will be going soon and we'd have to move. Now let's just stay with this one, <laughs> you know, because yeah. it is no fun. Um, no. Then we get a huge scene because this is when. Yes. This is it, right? Uh, we see a marriage die. Yeah. And uh, as you note, it goes out with a whimper, right? Um, yep. This is the way the world ends. T.S. Eliot was right sometimes. Yeah. World ends with a whimper, not a bang. Uh, so Dawn calls her and, you know, she's, uh, Megan's off to go see the, the Wild Bunch, which I haven't seen a Pope's Age, I think. No, I know. A I couple haven't of seen Pope's. Yeah. You know. A Wild Bunch in a long time. Yeah. Good movie. It is. Um, and then, you know, Dawn says, they want me to move on, which is clearly to the listener to us is like, I'd also like to move on from our marriage. Yeah. <laughs> you know, even if he doesn't know, that's what he means. Um, and as much as they, they really shouldn't be together. No, that's clear. They also, there's a weird set of feelings there that I don't know that I can describe. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, again, you know, comparing it to when he broke up with Betty, when he breaks up with Betty, it's like, good. They, they need to break up. This is yeah, a this very, is bad. this is a very toxic relationship. Yeah, it's not good for anyone. Um, but here it's like, it's more circumstances. They grew apart, yeah. right? Things happen. It's not like they don't care about each other. Cause I think they do. I think they I do think they love do each too. other, Yeah, but you know, the situation ends up where people, the marriage ends, not because people are horrible or because no. they don't love each other, but circumstances, it's just, yeah, we need to go. Yeah. Separate, and then, our separate ways right and then she just said when she says goodbye dawn it's like oh my god that's it yeah. that's 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 why and that's why i use that quote from elliot that ends with a whimper yeah rather than a bang right yeah you know? well, we've, uh, betty, we've, betty's, betty's and dawn's them, yeah. marriage ended with a bang this ends yes. with a whimper this is with a whimper definitely um so bert and roger try to discuss this whole thing what's going on um and bert says no man has ever come back from leave even napoleon <laughs> And then he lays out a bunch of objectivist nonsense about yeah, different you know, teams. And, you know, you're a leader. I, I'm, I'm a leader. You're yeah, not yeah, a, leader. a leader. You're not a leader. Yada, yada. It's just gross. Um, um, I.e., I get to do whatever I want. Yeah. And we also, <laughs> and we also do get the, that's, that's the Waterloo reference right there, yep. right? Uh, which is kind of nice. Napoleon went to that island and then he came back. <laughs> I love that Bert says that island and not Elba. It's like, I just, I think. Yeah, it's, it's it's like, it's like a lot of pseudo intellectuals. Uh huh. They <laughs> exactly kind of like... half know things. Yep. But they don't know it well enough to actually understand what they're talking about. Yep. Exactly. And it's that's uh, my. I've said before many many times. My least favorite kind of intellectualism is pseudo intellectualism. Yes. <laughs> uh, and we got they're on the plane out to California. Um, yep. Peggy, you didn't notice Peggy smoking a lot more? Yeah. Well, I think she's just because she's nervous. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, and it was an acceptable way for people to deal with nerves. Like, I mean, yeah. it isn't now. No. You wouldn't say, well, I'm going to start smoking, I think. <laughs> it's not something people typically say. Well, I, I actually, actually, if you read a lot of Victorian novels, as, as I tend to do, right. um, doctors will actually prescribe tobacco and smoking. Oh, King George VI. For nervous conditions. Yeah. You, you have a problem with your nerves. Smoke a little bit more. Yeah. It's like, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing, I've, right? I've had students say to me, he said, did, did doctors really do that? It's like, yeah, they, oh, yeah. they, they, really, they really did that. Oh, yeah. And almost every drug that comes along, 
before it's found out that it has negative side effects of any sort, people think it's a wonder drug. This was true with cocaine. This was true with opium. Uh, This is true right now with with uh, cannabis. You know, yeah. um, the number of people you hear say things like, well, you know, uh, CBD cured my whatever. No, it didn't. Yeah, <laughs> it probably didn't. Might Take whatever you, you want. About it. <laughs> yeah, you, you <laughs> were really calm. You out. <laughs> it, exactly. Calmed you down. That's but, what it uh, did. It didn't cure anything. Uh, and then the pilot actually uh, wishes Armstrong Collins and uh, Aldrin good luck, which I imagine every pilot in the world did I, that. I think so. I imagine even pilots in the Soviet Union did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think people understand how big a deal men landing on the moon was. And how just how dangerous it was. Like it's dangerous time, right? now. Like, you know, <laughs> you know, and I, I think the pilots knew that. The pilots would know. That's right. Because these yeah. guys, and this is the thing I don't think people understand about astronauts, especially the 1960s, the Apollo, Gemini, and the original seven. These people were so super smart and super yeah. good at flying. Like they were test pilots. Yeah. They were incredible brains. I mean, Buzz Aldrin. Oh yeah. Also, he's Dr. Buzz Aldrin with a PhD yeah. in, you know, uh, uh, well, it's, it's engineering or physics, but his yeah. PhD thesis was actually on two spacecraft docking. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's a thing, right? Um, these were super trained guys and pilots respected them. And I know the American astronauts really respected the Soviet cosmonauts and the Soviet cosmonauts really respected the American astronauts. Um, you know, it may have been competition, great power competition, all this stuff, but really for the people doing the work, they were like, Oh yeah, those are, those are our our buddies. They're because they they understood, they they understood what it, what it takes to get, not even get to the moon, but just to get where they were. Just to get into space, for right? To, sake. To, just, to be, yeah. you know, an astronaut. You know, I'm not going to say it's easy to get an ast- to be an astronaut today, but it's a I lot. It's, it's easier. Lo- easier to yeah. become an astronaut um, than it was. Yes, our uh, we have a, well, a friend of ours is uh, departed friend Alana Bondar. Her her mm-hmm. her cousin Roberta was the first Canadian yeah. woman in space, and yeah. Alana actually once said to me. I'd be famous too if they strapped or strapped a rocket to my ass and put me in space. I got a PhD. <laughs> I always thought that was a good line. And she's um, not wrong. <laughs> no, she's not, and she's not wrong. That's right. She'd be super famous. Um, the uh, and then you know Pete says the Don Draper show is back. Yep. <laughs> and then Pete suggests, why don't we move to California? And Don's like, there's nothing for me to move to in Los Angeles. And Pete's yep. like, oh, I get it. Oh yes. Doesn't he say something like marriage being a racket or something? Yeah, and then he, then he sort of disparages marriage. Yeah, not, which I mean, not, this not, is not th- understanding that it was because he was an asshole. As exactly, this would be a scene that I could show my wife, who's actually opposed to marriage, which is yeah interesting because we're married. Um, <laughs> but it's funny she doesn't ever want to watch this show. But I think maybe if I showed her that, she's like, "No, oh, I I like Pete." I'd be like, "No, yeah. you don't. No, no you don't. don't. No, you don't. Trust me. Trust me, you don't." <laughs> when they're all sitting around watching in the hotel in. Is it? I think they're in Indiana, right? Yeah, Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Turns out Indiana's dry at that time of day, yeah. uh, that, in the weekend. I didn't know that at the time. Yeah, that that that, that that sometimes happens in the United States. Yep. Like, and, uh, yeah. I, I I went to a conference in Reno, um, and we stayed overnight. There, there are three of us: my PhD supervisor and I, and another student. Yep. Um, and we were going to a, a conference in Reno, and we stayed over because of the way the way our we landed, we landed in Dallas and we drove part of the way up and we stayed in Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, oh, and, yeah. and Lawrence, who is the other student and I decided that, cause 
Patrick, our PhD supervisor, didn't drink. Um, so we decided that we just, you know, wanted a couple of beers. Uh, so we went to the motel we were staying in and the, the woman said, no, 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 no. We, this is a dry town. Yeah. You, you can't buy anything here. And, and Lawrence said, well, where's the closest one? She said, well, you can go to the edge of town. So we drove to the edge of town and there's this huge, huge liquor store. beer store, right? This <laughs> of huge course there liquor was. Yeah. Store, yeah. Right on the other side. And so we went and we, we bought, we bought some beer and went back. And then uh, the following day, uh, Patrick said, why is the gas so low in this? He said, I thought we had more gas. At it. And, and, and Lawrence and I were going, I don't know. Don't know. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Uh, there was a part of Toronto that was dry. In fact, into the nineties. Yeah. Um, you know, which is always very weird to me. It was like, yeah. <laughs> so you'd go to a restaurant, you couldn't order a drink on a Sunday in, in, a, in a certain part of the West end of Toronto. It's yeah. not like that. I don't think anymore. Um, when I watched the scene, I actually had to pause. I get really emotional about yeah. people. As I said, people landing on the moon, it means, um, I, I have a real thing for this. <clears throat> yeah, I really do. Well, it's uh, a great achievement. It's, 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 a great, it's, it's, it's an incredible achievement, especially with, do you know how how much memory was in the uh, navigational computer on the Apollo yeah. uh, on Apollo Eleven? Yeah, four K. Yeah, not four gigs, not four yeah. megs. It was four yeah. freaking K. Yeah, our phone our phones have more than that. Oh God, our, <laughs> our phones have more than all the computing power in Mission Control. Um, and when they would type new commands into that navigation computer, they had to actually know assembly language for the processor. Like these guys yeah. are not stupid yeah. people. Yeah. It's, <laughs> you know? it's, it's, it's like, it's like before you do something on the computer, you actually have to type in the code. Yeah. Right. Like you have to, you, you know, you have to do the 10, if 10 go to, you yeah. know, <laughs> right? Except it's you way know? lower level now. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And it's like, like I said, I just don't think that, you know, this isn't like Jeff Bezos taking William Shatner up in his penis shaped, no. rocket for no. being weightless for two minutes this is no. this is complicated yeah. not that that's not complicated i mean as we know with apollo 13 yeah right like like they they may not come back yeah right if they do it wrong these three men will be in doomed to being in space yeah for until they die and there were no by the way people there was always these rumors that there were like suicide pills and there weren't there um, weren't no. they were you know and if they like, there's certain things like when they come out of orbit around the earth and they have to do what's called a translunar injection. So they do a burn that gets them towards the moon. If they screw that up by a couple of degrees, they're dead. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's just amazing. Um, and I love also how they, they go get, they find two beers and Peggy and Don have them. It's like, no, we're not yeah. sharing with Pete and Harry. Screw those yeah. guys. Yeah. <laughs> we're the talent here. Yeah. Um, and uh, when um, uh, Armstrong, says before he gets off he's standing on the on the uh on the on the ladder uh and at that point actually walter cronkite says you know notes that if we're seeing this now he is already on the moon because it's yeah. about a it's it's a 30 second delay kind of thing yeah yeah you know uh and uh you know armstrong says the surface is very fine uh fine grained when you get close to it almost like a powder um neil armstrong is a legend and yeah he did things in Gemini eight, when they docked, uh, and it spun, like it started spinning like crazy. He decided in that mission to use the retro package, which were the re-entry rockets to right the ship, yeah. which is no one said to do that, but he, because, because he's a pilot, yeah. this is the difference between the Soviet program and the American program. The Soviet guys really couldn't fly those spacecraft. They could, I'm sure they were capable of it, but they were never given the opportunity. Um, the American ones, 
the guys said, well, if you can't let us fly it, we're not going to space, yeah. <laughs> you know? So they said, okay, you can fly. Um, and in Gemini, he did that. And it's funny, the guy beside him, Dave Scott, in that mission, who also was an Apollo 15, a friend of mine, Rob, uh, was mentioning how he was, he's at Emory University in Atlanta. And Rob was saying, right. oh, I, I um, that he was on this committee with people from different departments to do something, I don't know what. And he said, one was a sociologist. I said, uh, really, how do you get along with us? Just out of curiosity, because you know, there's always a bit of rivalry, psychology, sociology. Yeah. And he said, "Oh, it's pretty cool because um, I we were just talking before the meeting, and she said, uh, what is uh, we were talking about like what our families and all this stuff, and you know, I think it's pretty cool that my dad was uh, you know, part of was a, a military attaché to to China for a while, and then she said my dad was the eighth man to let walk on the moon." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and that's pretty cool. So Dave Scott's yeah. daughter is a sociology professor in Atlanta. Um, I mean, and, and that's why, and that's why they chose Neil Armstrong because they knew yep. and like he, 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 he would, he would have not, not just the knowledge, but the temperament that if something started to go wrong, yeah, he could just coolly, calmly deal with it. And when he, when they do that descent, they looked in the radar and they saw, oh, it's kind of rocky there. I want to land somewhere flat. So Neil again said, well, I'm just going to fly the damn thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he got down to, they had, I think about two seconds of fuel left. Cause again, had he screwed that up, they don't yeah. get home. Yeah. But he's like, no, I got it. He just right. flies the thing. And yeah. then you hear the tremendous thing, which he says when they land, which is tranquility base here. Yeah. The Eagle has landed. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's just, that's that's proper hero stuff. Like yep. Neil Armstrong was a special person. Yeah, he um, had nerves of steel. Did he ever, right? I mean, right. these guys, and so many of them were like that. You look at, you know, Alan Shepard was like the yeah. ultimate badass. John Glenn's like, well, I've been to space. I'm gonna I'm gonna go be president or try yeah. at least. Try and try and be president. And then yeah. go back to space again. Go back to space <laughs> again when he was like a hundred, and it's like, yeah, it's no big deal. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, there's people, there's that show for all mankind, and there's these um one guy, Ed, and he's like going to Mars when he's in his 60s. And there's people on Reddit and stuff saying, well, old people can't go to space. Like, uh, dude, yeah, <laughs> John Glenn was old. Yeah, yeah they can do it. Um, I really expected from Pete, I expected him to say a thing like that. Yeah. It was like the lost opportunity, I think, Matt Weiner. Um, and then when he says that's one small step for man. One giant leap for mankind, which is, as you know, is a flubbed line. He should have said one yeah. small step for a Oh, man. he always claimed that he did say it. You just didn't hear it. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard that, that too, it. but I I don't hear it. So. I don't hear it either. No, I don't hear it either. And again, Neil Armstrong never struck me as the kind of guy who would lie. So yeah. <laughs> but like, who cares? who cares? He's on the moon. Yeah. <laughs> who cares These people are on another world. Line. They're in yes, another like, world. Like, and and that's your complaint? Yeah. That he dropped the, the article? A? Yeah. It's like, you know. like You can see, yeah, when you watch Cronkite, Cronkite says, I didn't quite catch that. Yeah. <laughs> which is kind of funny um but yeah i expect that from pete uh, and then you know and then when he goes when when bert says bravo yeah. i don't think we catch it really there but that's where bert dies yeah right i wasn't really yeah. sure about it i just thought he was like blissful and then because yeah. it cut away so quickly it's like oh no that that killed him yeah. Yeah, <laughs> neil armstrong him. also killed bert yeah. um bert cooper uh and then we go back to uh i like i like seeing uh ellery with grandma and grandpa with a fake space helmet on yeah. watching it that's great because his grandparents who aren't married anymore are together with him yeah so nice and well this this we'll pick this up later when yeah. peggy does her pitch exactly all right the idea of connection exactly and that's what this is right um and 
everybody watched this. I was four years old and it's one of the first memories, really clear, explicit memories I have. It's probably partially not true because memory isn't really that reliable, but it was very warm that summer. And we had air conditioning in our apartment in Kingston. And my parents invited both their sets of parents who didn't have air conditioning in Montreal to come to our place because it was just a horrible heat wave, which today I think we just call summer, but it's 1969. (laughs) And we had a pool at our apartment building and they land, they don't get on the moon till later in the evening, but all day people were watching the news. And I remember looking out at the pool and no one was in the pool, Yeah, which is not something that happened. Uh, we all watched this. So I, I watched this with both sets of my grandparents, which is kind of neat. Um, then we have, we cut back to Betty and uh, the, the Francis's house. And we have yep. the older boy who I've just, who I've dubbed teenaged edgelord. Yep. Um, <laughs> it says, well, I was just, I don't care about this. There's so many problems back on earth. It's yeah. not wrong. There are problems. No, he's not earth. wrong. He's not wrong. But, and, and, you know, as, as I've said, being somebody on the left, mm-hmm. I, I hear this argument a lot from yeah. people on the left as, as if it's an either or thing. Yeah, I know. It's like, no, 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 no. You can, you, you can do both. Yeah. You can set aside money uh, for poverty. You can also set aside money for space exploration. Yeah. It's because the system is designed not to spend money in those areas. Yeah. Right. Marx was quite happy to have things. Marx expected things and technologies to progress. And, now, and obviously, art. Uh, and all, yeah, Yes, exactly. exactly. I mean, obviously, he couldn't think of. He wouldn't have imagined the space yeah. race, but I, I am 110% sure if you can be 110% sure that <laughs> Marx would have had no problem with the space race. No, I think he would have said, this is interesting. Look what this, people can do. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, yes, we, we need to solve poverty, but we can also do this as well. You know? Yep. And in the and, uh, aforementioned flight of uh, Gemini eight, when one of the, the first time Neil Armstrong was a freaking hero. Um, in fact, people in mission control that day, uh, NASA had invited a bunch of uh, activists, mostly uh, uh, African-Americans yeah. to come and because they were saying this same thing. And NASA was like, come see what we do. Yeah. Come see what we do. And after that, most of these people were like, yeah, it's pretty cool. We should spend more money on poverty and all yeah. these other. But you know what? This is great, <laughs> which is yeah. You know, 60s were in some respects. Yeah, I, I have no problem with doing both. I, you know, yeah, that, somebody, I, that's where I live. Yeah, exactly. You know. Because we can, we can, it's just, it's just, we choose not to. Yeah, exactly. We right. choose to go to the moon and not yeah. help people because we yeah. can. Um, little Kennedy there for you. Yes. Uh, yep. And then when, when, you know, Don calls his, calls the kids. Cause he's, you want, this is, you want to talk to your kids. It's like your team won the Stanley cup. Uh, but actually it's be more like people went to the moon Yeah. <laughs> and Sally immediately parrots what yeah. teenage edgelord, edgelord says and don i love don telling his kid not to be cynical because it's really cynical. yeah it's like, i mean and, and, and it's clear that that's what she's doing because yep before when bobby's out with the other with, with uh pushing uh what's his name on the the swing yep um she runs out very in very excited way and says it's starting come on yeah and so they go in so it's clear that she's excited and then when she says that it's clear it's because she's got a thing for sean who apparently wanders around in his without his shirt on with his shirt on um so shirtless uh, Sean. it's it's her hormones speaking exactly uh and then we do find out that bert's dead uh i was no uh, obviously no fan of bert the person but boy did robert morse kill this role oh yeah i know i know so good uh and you think about it, he was probably the biggest star that was on the show when the show started yeah he, he would he would have been the biggest star yeah. you know yeah. um I mean, they all would have done stuff, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, and you know, Elizabeth but, Moth was on West Wing. John Hammond yeah. been on a number of small roles, recurring roles yeah. in some TV shows. But 
you know, no one and John Slattery as well, but this was huge. Uh, yeah. and he was a big thing. Um, he was, yeah, he was really, it was really special. Um, uh, and then they go back, you know, they, they, they go to the office, they start talking about this, how Bert's died and everything. And, uh, Jim is just <laughs> so cold. Yeah. He's like, uh, this will allow us to give both of them a send off. Oh, so he wants, still wants to get rid of Dawn. Um, computer services with media buys with, with surgical precision. He's actually right about how yeah. where advertising's going, but yeah. it's still Jim Cutler. <laughs> so I don't know. So Sally's outside smoking. Um, a lot I've heard people say, well, she's worried about her parents catching her smoking, yet she's outside smoking. Wouldn't they smell it on her? No, because everything smells like yeah, cigarettes. Everything smells like smoke. So even if she came in and her mom said, your hair smells like cigarettes. And she could say, why do you think that is look around? Yeah. yeah Actually, wouldn't even notice the smell to be honest. Yeah. With yeah. Cause, cause I remember like going, going at Christmas where we always used to have all these, uh, all our, our, our relatives over. Yep. Right. Uh, and I might've mentioned this before and because the, the windows were closed because it was cold outside. <laughs> right. You know, there'd be this kind of blue haze. Yep. Uh, in, in the living room where everybody was because they were all smoking and yeah. the, smoke, the smoke wasn't going out because it wasn't going outside. So there's this kind of blue haze over everything. So, you know, even as, as a kid, I mean, yeah. even as an adult, I, I never smoked really. But, you know, going in there, I probably, and I have no sense of smell, so I, I don't know for sure, but yeah. I probably smelled terrible. I probably smelled like cigarettes. But we all did. So yes, exactly. no one noticed, right? Um, I don't know if you ever use a telescope, but it, it can be, have it, parts. Yeah. it can be just transcendent. You can look yeah. at something. And I, I remember Isabel bought me a telescope for father's day about maybe geez, right. 20 years ago. And I would sit out on our back deck in Newfoundland when we were living sort of outside town and it would get, it would be completely dark. And I'd look yeah. up and go, Oh, look, I'm looking at the moons of Jupiter. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. I, I had that experience when I was a kid, I got to go up to the, because St. Mary's has a telescope because mm-hmm. it's an astronomy department. Yeah. So it's got a, a telescope on the, on the top of one of its residences. And I got to, I got to see Saturn. I looked through and I saw Saturn and there, and it, it was really, really cool. Yeah. And Maddie has a telescope. My sister has one and now, and she's also, you know, a commercial artist. So she's got a lot of art skills and she'll, she'll take these pictures of the moon and stuff and put them on Facebook. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, come on. That's yeah. your phone took that picture. It's just amazing. Yeah. Uh, and then when that's done, um, uh, Sally kisses the, the boy who's actually not the older boy. No. So that tells us that in fact, and I don't think this is just a port in any storm kind of thing. I think no. it's more like, no, this is more age appropriate. And I like yeah. the moon. Yeah. <laughs> and it's actually sweet. Um, yeah. It's a sweet, it's not a first kiss for Sally probably, but it's a sweet moment. Yeah. But I think for the boy it is. Cause he goes, what do, what, what do I, what do I do now? What do I do now? Do now? now? I like, ah. And I can tell you, I remember the first time I kissed a girl thinking, yeah. so what do I do now? Yeah. <laughs> What's the, okay. All right. is that okay? Okay. I kiss. Do I ask for tips? Like, like, yeah. like, and I don't mean like a, like monetary. It's like, so yeah. what do you, what would you like me to do? With, do yeah. What, what do I do at this point? Um, I like that after that, she lights up another cigarette. Like she's just had sex with somebody. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And again, that's because she knows like she's parroting what she's seen in society. I think partly, I think it's partly that. I think so. Um, But yeah, telescopes are awesome. Uh, Roger calls Don, tells him the news. Uh, Not only is Bert dead, but they're going to lose Don. Roger's really sad and he's visibly sad here because he's lost his business partner and it wasn't just his business partner. He was kind of like an evil uncle. Yeah. <laughs> you know, 
but also he's he's gonna and he says i'm gonna lose you too yeah and you, you so rarely see roger lose control there's no quip there's no, no quick line it's just like i'm losing my family yeah you know and it it, it, it hurts him um and then he says, every time an old man starts talking, talking about Napoleon, you know, they're going to die. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He can't help, but get a quip in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. He's getting it. He's still, as he knows here, Roger's starting to understand what's going on. Yeah. Um, it's a good thing. Don talks to Peggy, uh, tells her about Bert, of course. And he says, uh, she should give the presentation because, yeah. you know, he may not be here tomorrow. Yeah. So he's, he's right. He's trying to do the best thing for the business uh, and the best thing for Peggy. He's actually, this is kind of selfless because if he wanted, he could come back and say, you know, I just want a $5 million account though. Do you really want to get rid of me? Yeah. No, he's like, no, this is yours. And I think, I think this is where we see his change in his behavior. Yep. Because in season one, if this is something like this had happened in season one, he definitely would have done that. And he would have just ignored the whole thing. Yeah. 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 But now it's played his way through it. Yeah. Now he's looking at Peggy. He knows she's good. Yep. So he trusts her. Yeah, he trusts her, so you know it's best for the business. It's best for her. Yep. You know, so he's going to let her take the pitch. Exactly. And he says, uh, you know, sometimes actions have consequences. And it's like, oh, you figured that out, Don. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice that you figured that out. Uh, and you know, and then when Peggy says, I have to t- talk to people who just touch the face of God about hamburgers. It's yep. <laughs> a really good line. Yeah. <laughs> It's a really good line. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, uh, it, it's, it's really good. Oh, you mentioned uh, high flight by John Gillespie McGee. What's, what's yeah, that's, that, that's, 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 that's where the quote comes from. Right. Uh, 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 slip this early, the, the slip this early bonds of earth mm-hmm. um, and uh, touch the face touch of God. The face of God. He, he was, he was a pilot during the second world war. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's what, that's what the poem is about. His experiences uh-huh. in the second world war. He flew, right. spit, he flew Spitfires. Okay. Um, so, and, and, and of course, Reagan famously, well, Reagan's speechwriter <laughs> famously <laughs> yeah, sure. takes that uh, after the Challenger. But that's that's where it comes from. It comes from yep. that poem from 1942, I think. I think it was published in 42. Okay. Uh, then we have, uh, what do we have? We, we have, uh, what's his name? Uh, 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 oh, uh, Jim Hobart meeting with Roger yeah. in the same restaurant that Joan and Roger were in before yeah. which i think that's just because they had a set but it's still a nice touch yeah. um i love how roger opens this discussion did you see we landed on the moon yeah. <laughs> uh, and he says neil armstrong what are you going to do now screw every girl in florida um <laughs> there's an apocryphal story about that of course there's the you probably heard the urban legend where the kid yeah. next yeah kid next door yeah, yeah he's actually neil armstrong and you know all yeah. uh uh, and Neil hears, hears the person say, you know, I guess it's the woman next door. I'll, I'll uh, give you a blowjob when the Armstrong boy lands on the moon. Yeah. <laughs> and, a, and the joke, the apocryphal story is Armstrong says, well, Mr. Jones, whatever his name is, you know, <laughs> this is for good you. Luck. Okay. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't happen. No. Um, uh, it's, uh, yeah. So Jim Hobart wants the Chevy team because they've, they're going to probably get Buick and McCann doesn't like anybody else having anything. Yep. McCann is faceless, horrible, bad capitalism. Yep. Uh, it's everything that's gone wrong in a lot yes. of respects. Uh, and uh, Roger's like, no, how about we sell the whole company? Cause that's the only way they can keep Dawn. And he just wants yep. to keep Dawn at this point. Yeah. Um, uh, and pot- potentially coming is not, is, 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 you know, that would be bad. That'd be a deal breaker. Yeah. Um, we cut over to the burger chef pitch. I love this scene for a lot of reasons. And one of them is 
I don't know about you, but when I'm going to give a talk at a conference or something, that's kind of how I feel. I focus yeah. on a couple of people. Yeah. I don't really hear what's going on. I'm thinking to myself, how do I, what's the first thing I'm going to say? Yeah. Um, my throat gets all scratchy. My, my mouth gets dry. My pupils dilate sympathetic nervous system. Uh, and you know, then you just, you start. Um, and, uh, you know, Don just says, he turns it over to Peggy. Uh, and then she says, I can't tell a better story than the one we saw last night. All of us were doing the same thing at the same time. And tonight I'm going to go back to New York and I'll find a 10 year old boy, uh, wanting dinner. And she doesn't mention that it's not her kid, but that's because yeah. it's her pretend kid. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, I kind of like that note. Uh, and she says, she goes through all this stuff and she talks about, no, she does mention Vietnam. You know, yep. the news said, wins every news night. wins every night. Exactly. You're starving and not just for dinner. Damn. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> it's the carousel, right? It's, it's Peggy's carousel moment. Yeah. yeah, it is. And it, and you're right. You know, this is about connection. That's what, yeah. and that's, and she says that, and that's what, you know, we're a social species and we yeah. crave it. We need it. See that that that's the thing too, and obviously I'm coming in from a, a, a different perspective than you. But people sure. have always, I've I've always said to me that human nature is inherently selfish. It is, and <laughs> and I, but I'm not necessarily sure about that. Okay, because we do crave connection. Yes, right. You know, there's a reason why we have a place like Canada is because people group together. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and, you know, obviously, you know, you, you know, better than I do, but, but human, if you look back at human history, it's about people coming together mm -hmm. in order in a kind of community, communality to kind of protect each other. Yeah. Because they know they can't live by themselves. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously conflict arises when groups sure. get too big and they, yeah. the conflict comes, but I'm not sure necessarily that, I mean, we are selfish to a degree, obviously, mm -hmm. but you know, um, and as at the risk of, of sounding too communist, uh, capitalism exploits that and encourages us to do that right. um, and to ignore our commonality. And that's, um, that's, that's the hard part about selling, yeah. not capitalism to people. And the way that it should be sold is this will be good for you yeah. because it will be good for everyone. And being yeah. good for everyone is also good for you. Yeah. It's a harder sell, right? It's even to the point yeah. of not even let's not even sort of Marxism versus capitalism, convincing no. people to pay school taxes when they don't have any kids in school. Yeah. For some people, that's a hard sell. It isn't yeah. for me, but it's a hard sell for some people. Yeah. It's a hard sell when you say your taxes should help pay for healthcare. It's a yeah. hard sell for, I don't know, people just, and if I just look over that, uh, over that way, about 300 meters, it's a really hard sell for them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but so that's part of the problem, so, but people you know, that's, do that's, crave that's connection. Yeah, we do. I mean, yes, ultimately there, there is sort of a selfishness in us because we need to sort of, you know, yeah. um, get stuff for ourselves, just, you know, procreation and, That's right. and, you know, um, evolution, evolutionary pushes and things yep. like that. But, but I think there's also a part of us that really won't craves creation uh, connection oh it does no you there's know? no there's no argument there you know? that's totally and that's true. and in many ways that's what this episode is about it really is right that's why we get mona and roger together yeah because they they crave the connection yeah right you know because uh neither of them are married right no. you know so it's it's not it's not like they can they're getting connection from so, somewhere else no right so they they have each other that you know and they and ellery's there you know and, and you know and even even don when he calls his children yeah it's because he craves that connection with his children. And this is what you did. 
And there aren't so many of these shared moments anymore because things are so no. fractured. So we don't have shared cultural no. moments anymore. It just isn't a thing. The last one, I don't know what the last one would even be. And I, I've oh. talked about this with friends and I think the last thing that, and it's not a happy moment, but the last sort of shared cultural thing, at least in this part of the world is probably 9-11. Probably. Uh, I imagine if you live in Ukraine, February 24th is kind of an important yeah. date. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, in this part of the world, that's the last time I think we had that, yeah. that everybody was doing the same thing. Yeah. I mean, and, and think of even in cultural terms, and I, yep. and I always talk about this in class, like think of the final episode of MASH. Yep. 70% of Americans oh. watch the final episode of MASH. Yeah. Do you think they could get numbers like that now? No. Because culture is just so fragmented. There's, there's not like one show that kind of captures, and that's not because there aren't great shows. There are great shows. Of course. I mean, we're talking about, we're talking one. about one, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, um, it's, it's just that, you know, it's all become very fragmented, you know, we were and watching so, something the other night and I, it might've been old Star Trek because we've been doing a bit of a rewatch of original series and we were, it was one of the third season ones when the show got really bad. Yeah. And I looked it up just for the hell of it. And it had like 30 million people watched it. Yeah. And I said, Isabel, you know, that's 15 times the number of people who watched the finale of Mad Men. Yeah. And that's a failure. And that was a success. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. A different yeah. times. 70% of Americans watched the final it's, episode of MASH. Yeah. And I mean, and, and the moon landing is numbers like that. Yeah. I and think that's just, mean, yeah. That's just American numbers. That's right. Like, like I watched it, yeah. right? So that doesn't that doesn't include like Canadians who watched it. That's right. it, 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 it just includes American because you know that that's the only that's what, um, what matters to networks is who's yeah, yeah exactly. and that's the only information they have. But exactly, you know, um, so yeah. Um, Rogers uh, uh, was waiting for Don, uh, and he explains at his at his apartment, and he explains what's going to happen, and Don's like, you know, I tried to. I don't want to work at McCann. And he's like, well, do you want to work basically? Yeah. Um, so what was going to happen is Sterling, Sterling Koo will become a subsidiary of McCann. Uh, and Don has said he just wants to work Yeah. Um, when he's talking about it with everybody. And I, I know what that's like. I've been yeah. a department chair for, I was for seven years, a department chair. Yeah. And I've been asked over the years to do other things. And I just say to people, now I just want to work now. That's, yeah. I don't want to do that kind of stuff anymore. It's I don't yeah. like it, and I can do it. I just don't like it, and I someone else can take a turn. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I totally get what he's uh, what he's feeling there, and um, and whenever anybody asks me that, actually, my reply is always the, what he says, which is I just want to work. Yeah, I mean, because because he's he's understanding what what is important. Wait, what what is important to him? Mm -hmm. You know, it's yeah. not what he thought it was. No, it's. It's not money anymore, yep. if you notice, right? It's yep. doing the work, which doing is the work. really cool. Postmodern Don. Um, yes. So Roger tries to sell the idea to the partners, and he says to Joan, so, for example, with your 5%, you'll make a little over a million dollars. And then Pete yep. immediately goes, I have 10%. Yeah. Like everything. He's like a stupid child. Not yeah, even a smart is. child. He's like no. a stupid, annoying child. It's so annoying. Every time I like Pete, he just pisses me off. Like he's probably supposed to do that, but yep. it still bothers me. I love how Harry again isn't a partner. So he comes in. Is this a partner meeting? You're not a partner. Yeah. <laughs> I like seeing Harry get screwed. I just I yeah. like it. Um uh, <laughs> you're not just pathetic, you're selfish. That's yeah. what Pete, that's what Pete says to to Ted. That's yeah. a good sell. Way to go. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Pete's not a salesman. And it's also ironic. <laughs> yeah. Because Pete is the most selfish character in no, the show. In the whole show, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. 
so Don sells it to Ted and he said, I'd do anything to get back. Uh, I, I mean, when I did, I wrote tags, I wrote coupons. Yep. Uh, you don't want to see what happens when, uh, when it's really gone, he says. And they're basically kind of browbeating Ted into it. But also I think yeah. Don's saying, no, seriously, I'm, yeah. I know what I'm talking about. This is yeah. true. You want, I know you, yeah. you want to do I've, this. I've lost everything. Right. Cause, cause I think he, he understands what Ted, Ted is feeling is because Ted feels all this other stuff yep. is going on. Like, like, like it's me because you know, where I'm a part-timer and I, I'm always trying to like look for, you know, jobs and things like that. And there's all this kind of, you know, this stuff and I'm, and I'm always doing prep for new, new classes and stuff like that, that I haven't, that I haven't worked on my own research for a long time. Right. You know, and I find that when I do find the opportunity to do that, I find I get a real sense of personal peace, right? Oh, like yeah. it's like I'm sitting there and I like, cause the guy that I did my PhD on Dan Billany, who died in the second world war. Right. I, I still haven't turned my PhD dissertation into a book mm-hmm. when I probably should have by now, but, but when I sit down and just kind of read his stuff and go over the stuff and start, th- I'm doing, I'm doing a, a, a this may be a long aside, but um, I I'm doing a, a um, guest lecture on a class Nice. for uh, St. Mary's on Keith Douglas, the Second World War poet. And it's great because this is my my area of specialty. I never I never get a chance to teach my area of specialty. And so now I'm just sort of, you know, and I find that because I'm, I'm so into it that I'm pushing other things. L- luckily, I'm teaching courses that I've taught before, so I don't have as much prep work to do. So the prep work's already done. So I have a little right. bit more time. But it's like. Even now, as I'm talking to you, as much fun as I'm talking to you, yeah, I just yeah. want to go and I, I want to write that lecture, right? I get you know, it. I get it. Because, you know, that's because I spend so much of my time doing other crap, mm-hmm. you know, that I don't get to do that, you know, and, and even stuff like this, which I enjoy doing and, and hanging out with you and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. It, it's, I still want to go and write that lecture on Keith Douglas. Oh, I get it. I mean, it's like I have a human memory course that I teach, what's well, called memory, but it's mostly human memory, except for the last like three classes where I start by saying, we're going to talk about animal memory now. This isn't in the book. This is what I do. And you're going to hear about what yeah. I do. Yeah. yeah. And I, the whole time when I'm talking, I think this is what I was trained to do that yeah. and other, you know, researching yeah. things, but it, it's, I know exactly. What yeah. You're and, and I said, I said that to my, my first year, one of my first year classes that we were talking, we were talking about literature and what literature does and the roles of literature. And I just stopped and I turned to them and I said, you know, you may not, but I really like this crap. <laughs> I really like doing yeah. this. I said, there's a reason why, I, why I'm doing it. Is why I do this. really yeah. like this. this. I really get into it. I talked the other day about how moths hear where bats are using ultrasound. And I said, and by the way, if you don't think this is cool, you really don't know what the word cool means. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the passion. It's wonderful. Um, yeah. And, but not passion, just money. Jim Cutler. It's a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> he votes along Which, with it. Which is why he wants to get rid of Don, but he votes for it anyway. Well, he's like, "Oh yeah, that boat I have. I guess I'll spend all yeah. my time on the boat." So it's it's actually a complete it's actually a completely rational decision he makes, which is yeah. fascinating. Because uh, rationally, you get more money out of it. You have to work. Well, that's yeah. and you know, and Jim's not an artist, right? So no. he doesn't care about that kind no. of stuff. Um, of course they got Burger Chef. You know, of course yeah, they got. Of course, yeah. Um, uh, and then we hear. You know, uh, Don gets asked, where are you going? And he goes back to work. Uh, and then they announced the sale. Uh, yeah. And then, of course, they also announced the, 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 the death of uh, Bert. Yeah. And everything breaks up. They're still talking about the meeting because Don knows what the, what the meeting is and he knows he's safe now. So he just sort yeah. of walks away. Yeah. 
And then this thing happens. Oh, this is great. Isn't it? I don't I don't have any notes about this bit no, because no. I just put down my book, put down my pen and just sat and watched Robert yeah. Morse be Robert Morse. Don, my boy. Oh, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I can see the goosebumps on my yeah, arm. It's, it's, <laughs> it's great. It's just, yeah, it's so good. And it's it's funny. A lot of people I heard at the time when you go back and look at comment sections on AV Club or you know places like that, uh, Vulture, and you'll see people saying they didn't like the scene because it took them out of the show. And what's happening? I, I read an article that said, "Is Don Draper losing his mind?" It's like, no, it's a piece of no. art, you idiot. Yeah, it's a piece of art. <laughs> it's just accept it. It's his imagination. Yep. And they can't show imaginations the way imaginations look because no. imaginations don't look good on film. Of course. You know, and you know, and that's what that's why I always say to students, I said, there's a reason why you don't see people going to the bathroom and brushing your teeth. Yeah. I don't want to watch jokes. that. Because it's boring. I mean, unless they're talking to somebody else. Right. Yeah. You know, as long as as a part of the scene. But, you know, the, you know, as people, I always say realism is not reality. Yeah, that's right. Realism well, is a mirror of reality, but it's yeah. still created. And, you know, and same with imagination. Right. Yep. This is all going on in Don's head. But that's boring television. Of course it is. You can do that in a novel. You can explain it to it yes. in a novel because yes, it's not can. a visual form. Yep. But in a movie or a TV show, how do you how do you show the interiority of of somebody's? Well, you yeah. you have it. They have you have an act. It's act a visual medium. I mean, it's right. the same thing that happened with in a beautiful mind when when um uh, we find out he's a paranoid schizophrenic. Spoilers, yeah. everybody. It's a 20 some odd year old movie. Yeah. Uh, also, that kid at the beginning of, of, of Sixth Sense, he's dead people. Yeah. Um, but when, you know, hallucinations and schizophrenia, for example, aren't auditory, aren't visual, they're auditory, but yeah. you can't show auditory hallucinations. That's no. not fun to watch. So they did visual. Same thing here. This Dawn imagining him, Dawn's not going to imagine him dancing. Probably, no. but you know what? This is a way to say to Robert Morse, "Thank you for your yes, service, sir." Exactly. You know. You know, and it's like we have we have fucking Robert Morse. <laughs> we got Robert Morse. He's leaving. Let's let him do some song and dance, okay? Yeah, let's, let's do him what he's do. Let him do what he's good at. But you know, like, and you know, he had a succeeding great. business without really trying. Exactly. He basically played a mixture of Pete Campbell and Don Draper. But when they started yeah. out, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and then I don't know if you noticed, but I don't think any of those secretaries were regular secretaries in the show. I think no, they were I don't all think actual so. dancers that yeah, they I think hired. So. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Uh, it's great, uh, and that's just how this. And it, like I said, it felt like a, a season finale. You could almost call it. This could almost be a series finale. I know yeah. when it, some people didn't know Seven B was coming the year after. People were like, oh wow, boy, Mad Men ended on a high note, didn't it? Yeah, and it's like there's still seven more episodes you have to watch. Yeah, uh, what did I miss, Steve? Uh, just three things. Just three things. Just three things. Um, for, first of all, we'll, we'll go with the first one. And the first one and the second one are kind of related. Anyway. I see. You know, when, when we, I think part of the, going back to when Jim and Joan and Roger are talking mm -hmm. about Bert's, Bert's death. Yep. One of the things that he says, and it's, and I think this is, I mean, he, he's expressing his own emotions, but he's also trying to say something to somebody else and Joan in particular. Right. Because when she's kind of, siding with Jim and doing all this kind of stuff. And he, and he, Roger looks at her and goes, is this what will happen when I die? Right. Which is, I, I mean, again, mm -hmm. again, him kind of trying to deal with his own mortality, Yep. but also looking at her and saying, really, you're going to be this cold. Yeah. Right. You're going to be this cold when I die. You yeah. know, are you going to be, you, you know, cause he's he, in some ways he's calling her out without yep. actually calling her out. Yes. Right. But just sort of giving it to her and letting her think about it. Yep. You know, um, because the second thing 
um, is is when um, is when uh, Roger and Jim, uh, not not Jim Cutler, but the other Jim, are speaking. Right. Hobart, one yep. of the thi- one of the things that that we see about that is that, and this is perhaps explains why he's willing to do a lot to keep Don is for him now it's becoming about loyalty it really is yeah you know and it's you know and that's and that's why and this is why i say it's interrelated because i think that's why he kind of calls out joan saying wait a minute are you going to be this disloyal to me are you 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 know loyalty is important are you going to do this when i'm gone yeah right to me you know and so i think that moment for him is important because i don't think the scene with jim happens without this scene I think you're right. Well, yeah, with, for sure. Without without Roger realizing, saying, "Wait a minute," <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, this they're they're just they're just going to sort of toss, get rid of me, and yeah. you know, and and ignore me, and you know, not show any kind of personal loyalty. Yeah, you know, I thought Joan was a friend of mine. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, we have a complex relationship. But is everything like what Bert says, or is it yeah, actually, you know, exactly, are people, are, exactly. Are some people good? You know, you know? And, yeah. and, and we see that with with the relation with, with the conflict that he has with him with himself over Bert, where he says, you know, Bert was pretty hard on me, but maybe he was right. You know, and he's, you know, he's got this very complex relationship with Bert. Yeah, because Bert is a bit of an asshole to him, but at the same time, Bert has given him everything. Yeah, everything he has is because Bert helped him get yep. achieve that, right? That's right. You know, agree. Um, and then the final one um, is just a kind of, and maybe you didn't, but I kind of rolled my eyes um, <laughs> at it. it. It's a when they're talking about um, giving giving a speech about Bert's Bert's death. Yep. And they said, "Well, well, well you know, a captain, uh, oh, captain, my captain." And I rolled my eyes is because it's like. Yeah, that's the kind of stereotypical. <laughs> oh, of course, I rolled my eyes at that, Steve. Yes. Oh, I may oh, not have a PhD Captain, in English, but I know enough like, to know. <sighs> I know trite yeah. when I see. Yeah. I can see it. Yeah, it's like oh, <laughs> you know. I mean, and it's nothing wrong with the poem. It's a fine right? poem. It, it's a it's a Walt Whitman poem written yeah. about the death of Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, it fits, but it's like that kind of stereotypical thing it's like can't they find a better one right you know it, it's like it's, it's like it's, april it's wine the, is just it, between you and me i just like <laughs> like as much as i'm a huge april wine fan it is my sure. favorite band if yeah, i never hear you just between you and me again i, I perfectly won't be happy the only right? upside of that song is the guitar sound it's against the, the, exactly the, the guitar sound you know, on that album is great and i've but, just yeah. heard it so often that <laughs> it's like and and same with Oh, Captain, my Captain! It's like ah, oh, this is the one that they always drag out. Poor Walt Whitman. And it's the only. It's also it's likely the only poem Jim knows offhand. Like yes, it, it strikes me yes. that way. Was I bet Dawn knows more poems. And it's and it's not even Walt Whitman's best poem. No, of course it's not. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I and the, uh, a part of that I think is also it's a nod to the audience too. Yes. It's like you know that's what somebody's going to do, and you yes. also know that people are watching this going, oh yeah, I remember when that guy retired from work and someone yeah. read Oh Captain, my Captain. Yeah, because I really think that they wanted me to roll my eyes yeah i know or like, like right. i think that was it was like this what let's find the most cliched thing we can do and then give it to these people because these are very cliched people who do not think outside the box that's right and, that's right Whereas oh I captain think, my captain if you gave this to don and ted they would have come up and peggy they would have come up with something super clever and yeah, funny exactly. and touching and genuine you but know, no jim's got it, and well, it's that kind of smalty thing too yeah right? and jim jim's like well in the future, I've watched Dead Poet Society. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, right. Before we get going here, Steve, anything you want to plug? 
Uh, no, because I haven't done anything because it's the You've been beginning working. of course. <laughs> then I've been I've been working. My luckily for me, my lectures are podcasts, so I've been working, but they're out there. So go search on my name. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, you can follow me on D Broadbeck at Twitter. He's <laughs> at Doc Pinko on Twitter. Uh, and uh, we will go out with Robert Moore singing, and I will just say this. Oh, Dawn, my boy. <laughs> See you next week. See ya. The stars in the sky, the moon on high, they're great for you and me because they're free. The moon belongs to everyone. The best things in life are free. The stars belong to everyone. They gleam there for you and me. The flowers in spring, the robins that sing, the sunbeams that shine, they're yours, they're mine. And love can come to everyone. The best things in life are free. Everyone, the best things in life are free. Okay, where's where's my fucking mouse pointer? There it is. Okay. <laughs> I should I should leave that part in. Where's my fucking mouse pointer? Peggy? Pizza House!